0: Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak.
1: The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic and I'm Mike, and this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 485. Mr. Sumich. Oh, we got to go back to it. Delmar, huzzah, baby! Let's go. My goodness, if, uh, if you had a better weekend than Mike Samich, well, I, there's 10 people that had maybe a slightly better weekend than Mike Samich, but only 10, uh, because you had yourself one hell of a weekend at Delmar. We'll get into that, but buddy, what a weekend we had, just when things were starting to get a little complacent uh, in the world of horse racing. Forte comes along, and he's the talk of the town again. This is going to be a fun show. Oh, and there goes
0: magic. That's a bum... Bon- oh, and you're back. Did I go away? Where'd I go? You were replaced by the spinning wheel of death for a second there.
1: Oh. Well, you want me to do that over again? I'll do that over again. If you had a better weekend at Del Mar, there's only 10 of you that did. Mike Somich had himself one hell of a weekend, and uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Forte, talk of the town. We got a lot to talk about today, buddy. It's going to be a fun show.
0: Yeah, I mean, look two completely different tracks in Saratoga and Del Mar. And the debate rages on about which is better. It's been interesting to be at both of those tracks back to back weekends I get to experience both of them. However, a very different experience, right? Saratoga there with the family hanging out in the backside, having a blast uh, at, at Saratoga, and then going to Del Mar and be able to, to hang out with the Hoffmans and sit in their their box. It's like in between the 16th pole and the finish line on the fourth floor. So just a beautiful view of the races and, and the scenery, because Del Mar, the scenery is definitely uh, part of the part of the experience. So really cool to be at both tracks back to back. Great to have the stars come out too. I mean, just phenomenal when you have these big time races. People can bang on the fields of Saratoga being four horses, five horses, but there are Breeders' Cup quality horses in every one of those races and winning every one of those races. And so you kind of have to respect that. And you made a great point last Thursday. When stakes races are 250,000, 200,000, you have allowances sitting there for 140. There's not gonna be as many people taking shots into those stakes races, especially when you have an elite power, a forte, a gunite, a Saudi crown waiting for you in those spots. And so the fields for those graded stakes are, are phenomenal fields, just not as deep as you like. And then on the, the other side of that, I mean Delmar, man, like just wildly difficult fields in and out I mean the pick six was near impossible to hit especially the way it played out here for the mandatory payout on Sunday In every single field you're sitting there with a three to one favorite and it's just a very difficult betting card but great great racing as well so two completely different experiences both phenomenal both beautiful tracks you got to get out to both and experience them for yourselves but what a weekend for the stars to come out and play man and that forte obviously with everything that happened there at Saratoga the inquiry the bumping at the top of the stretch and what I think was probably the more questionable one the saudi crown bump right before the wire which was what i think actually mattered more than the the stretch run uh very very interesting race lots to dissect and a lot of people with opinions on it as well
1: yeah the uh things had gotten a little quiet uh in terms of the comments section and and facebook and the youtube comments uh yeah and then 14 the Jim dandy happened and it's like the bob baffert video that aaron did a few weeks ago um when Churchill Downs announced that they were going to suspend him again. It, everybody has an opinion, and they want it out there. So, And that's great. I mean, that's what we're here to do with this show as well. If you've got an opinion, uh, put it in the comments section. Love to hear from you. If you're catching us on the replay, put it in the comment section anyway. We'll still go back and forth with you on YouTube. But yeah, we're going to cover the four big races from Saturday, two at Saratoga, two at Del Mar. You summarize it perfectly. The stars were out at Saratoga. We had some Good looking, you know some some California stars. We'll call them at Del Mar, and uh, they all went down. And there was some big efforts there. So lots to talk about. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. The right. My first race we'll talk about here the Alfred G. Vanderbilt Handicap Race 8 at Saratoga, July 29th. And the, a few races before this, uh, it, the tracks went from fast and firm to sloppy and off the turf. Uh, Aaron Haltman was there all weekend. He said the rain wasn't too bad if you were in the stands, but it definitely looked bad if you were watching it on TV. Uh, you had a huge showdown here between Elite Power and Gun Knight. And you see from the odds here with the chart, Elite Power won a dollar and ten cent favorite. Gun Knight got hammered, Mike, down to a dollar twenty. And I was pretty surprised about that when I was watching or beforehand, and then when you see the performance they both put in, and that Elite Power just gets him by a head, it made perfect sense. Six and a quarter lengths clear of third place, uh Dean delivers. Aaron Haltzman gave out the Stone Cold trifecta on the preview, by the way. So congrats to him. uh But when you saw this race, Mike, what were your thoughts about Elite Power and Gunite? Uh, just two superstars banging
0: heads, right? And we know Gunite loves Saratoga. He was phenomenal up there last year. We know Steve Ashton yeah. can get a sprinter good, and uh that's what Gunite is right now. And I thought they both wrote or they both ran exceptionally well here you got to give tyler Gaffleon a tip of the cap here too i love the ride on gunite to to really force the issue around the turn get the lead and make elite power run him down and elite power did just that he ran him <laughs> down with a much worse trip was had to go wide on that second turn was three or four wide didn't look like he was going to do it i didn't think elite power was going to get there midway through the stretch and then you kind of see him turn his head he sees gunite and he's like nah i'm coming And and that's exactly what he did and like one of the cool things, no matter what you say about Forte and Elite Power, is two horses like to win. I mean, sometimes you talk about horses having heart. Elite Power and Forte both have heart. They don't like to lose, and when they see someone in front of them, they go get them, and that's exactly what Elite Power did here in the final 16. He went and got Gunite because Gunite didn't slow down or back up. This was Elite
1: Power just rolling on by. Yeah, you look at the uh, w- the chart here on the screen showing the fractions. And uh, when Gunnite took the lead away from Dean Delivers and tried taking off, he went eleven point seven three seconds. Uh, and then that final the final quarter or sorry the final furlong there twelve seconds flat coming home. They're in the slop. This isn't a fast highway kind of a track. They were in the slop. And if you bet Gunite, if you were a, f- a fan of Gunite, this Chris Miller said, "God, this was an expensive photo." If you played the reverse exactify fi- uh, Gunnite over Elite Power. Until the 16th pole or maybe even inside. You had to have just been sitting there screaming, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get Oh, God damn it. <laughs> elite power, uh, just too good. And I thought you you nailed it. That He just loves to win. That's eight straight wins now. Since he broke his maiden, he has not lost. And he just keeps winning and winning and winning. Um, the defending Breeders' Cup sprint champion is looking better at age five somehow. So uh, if, you're, if you're in the sprint division, you've got to be sitting here going, how am I supposed to beat this sword? The only thing I think that stops elite power at this point, Mike, is some sort of trip trouble where he you know maybe he draws the rail and a bunch of horses end up boxing him in and i think that's the only way that he could be stopped though in the next race we'll talk about that doesn't stop the jockey that he's got aborted from getting the horse out and going so maybe he just can't be stopped no it doesn't and we like when you
0: look back at the sprints of past you, some of the like a lot of the elite sprinters are gate to wire sprinters right so you're guaranteed he's going to get the setup again in the Breeders' Cup. there's going to be speed in yeah. the Breeders' Cup Sprint, I'll go ahead. Out on the, I'm going to go out on a limb and guarantee that right now there'll be a couple horses that want the front, and that sets <laughs> up wonderfully for Elite Power, who has ex, like exceptional tactical speed, and then can run you down late, and that that is what makes a great great sprinter. And you look here at the weights too; he's carrying one twenty six, one twenty four on gun eight. No one else over one twenty. That'll all be even weights at the Breeders' Cup. That's the other advantage Elite Power is going to have as they get deeper and deeper into the season. You're running at level weights versus running at higher weights for horses that have have won more. So, uh, like, Elite Power is going to be ultra-difficult to beat in the Breeders' Cup sprint. It will probably take some type of trip. Now, he is a closer, so you're more likely to get a tough trip because of that. But this horse just runs you down. And I, like, it's going to be tough to beat him. And Santa Anita is a track where I don't think it's going to bother him much. I, I, like, that's the only thing that you then point to. is like, hey, is he not going to like California? Is going to have shipping issues? Guess what? He's had no trouble shipping. That's not a problem for elite power. So it, to me, it, this is going to be one of the divisions where uh, there's a couple horses. Yes, they, like, they could definitely jump up and, and come after elite power. But I don't see anyone going gate to wire in the sprint. And that means it's going to be someone who has to have a gunite-esque
1: running style that's going to then be able to hold him off, and that's going to be a tall task come Breeders' Cup Saturday. His trainer, Bill Mott, uh, once again, Bill Mott on his birthday is Saratoga. That angle, I mean, this is not a huge stretch, right, when he's the, the even-money favorite in Sleep power, but uh, it is the, the angle is back. We're back on the Bill Mott, and I think it was 18 out of the last 27 years, Bill Mott has won at least one race on his birthday, and that's without counting the dark days when, his, say, it was like a Tuesday. You know, Back in the day, Saratoga used to run six days a week. They didn't run Tuesdays, that was the off day for everybody. Maybe his birthday landed on a Tuesday every once in a while and he didn't get a chance to win at Saratoga on his birthday. Uh, this but you go back to two thousand eleven. When he won the Breeders' Cup, Distaff, and the Classic in the same year. He's looking like he could have easily have a Breeders' Cup double again with the Sprint. And then with the Classic was Cody's Wish. Now, we still need to see Cody's Wish in the Whitney Stakes this weekend, but uh, that's another horse like Elite Power and Forte who just he loves to go after horses. He knows how to win. Speaking of Forte, let's head over to two races later here. The Jim Dandy Stakes at only a, a field of five, um, this was one that, <laughs> the comments section, I, I love it. Everybody thinks that they're absolutely right or wrong about this. I gave my opinion on it over YouTube.com slash racing dudes in the analysis for this race. And I was watching, I was recording and, and giving my live analysis of the replays as they were happening, the stewards view. What do you think about this race? And specifically, should there have been any kind of a disqualification one way or another? You even referenced a Saudi crown bump late.
0: Yeah. So, um, whether or not you think there should be a DQ for what Forte did to Angel of Empire, that is not a foul in New York. They have they, like, and that's one of the reasons why Irad does that. And w- like, we talk about uh, specifically what Irad done. And like, look, Jose got three days, Pratt got three days. This is normal in New York. That if you're on the top of the stretch, if you're in the inside, you can bump your way out, and they're not going to take you down, especially in a Grade One. So I understand there was contact. Um, I don't think it helped that Saudi Crown came out a path or two at the top of the stretch as well, which kind of forced Forte to continue to try and force his way out. But in New York, they don't take you down for that. Now whether or not it's a foul is a completely different conversation. But I can tell you, for every one example of a horse coming down for bumping their way out at the top of the or the end of a turn, I can give you 10 examples where they don't come down in New York for that. <laughs> in grade ones, it's even more; it's, it's less likely to happen, right? So I yeah. wasn't surprised he didn't come down. For the contact between the two and the five at the top of the stretch i also think the five was never running better than the third here i, I don't think angel of empire was ever getting past forte and Saudi crown so mm-hmm. that also takes away the effect of oh well it costs positioning it didn't cost angel of empire anything here right um the bump at the wire i'm surprised there isn't more conversation about because it was a little head bob up and down and after coming out Forte then did come back in and there was contact and it was Forte who created the contact against Saudi Crown. That to me, if you want to make an argument that Forte should have come down, is the part where you can argue that it should have been 4-2 instead of 2-4. I'm not surprised it didn't change. I think that this could have gone either way. I think that it would have been 4-2 or 2-4. I don't think the two should have ever been put behind the five. Um, But it's, you know, the thing is, is, like I said, they let you do that in New York. And the problem is, after I read riding there for 10 plus years, he knows he won't get taken down for it. He may get days for it, but he's not going to get taken mm-hmm. down. And so if you want to eliminate this, you need to start taking horses down because then that resets the rules, right? We always talk about in basketball how you want a fair whistle. Just the same thing at the start of a game is this penalty as a foul is the same thing at the end of a game. That's kind of what we're getting in New York right now. That's never coming down in New York. And so if that's the case, you can't fault irad for doing it because he's not getting penalized for doing it right so to me that the, the contact between 14 angel of empire is a uh, unfortunately again I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong is a standard thing in new york that that's not going to get you taken down i as someone who picks saudi crown i was a little upset that forte didn't go behind saudi crown because of the bump at the wire because when it's that close any contact makes the difference to me and I do think that it made a difference between how Saudi crown was running that final, uh, what it was probably 32nd of a mile. Cause it was that late that the bump happened. Um, that being said, I'm not surprised there was no change. I think this was a coin flip decision and I, in a coin flip decision in a grade, grade one, grade two, rarely are you seeing horses come down. So uh, the outcome didn't surprise me. I think if you're going to do anything here, you make it four two five, Um five. And, and I don't think, I understand there was a ton of contact between the two and the five, between Forte and Angel Empire, but that's not a foul in New York. It just isn't. And, and so that's where I think the other problem is, is that we don't have a standard set of rules here because in Kentucky, and California, Forte is much more likely to come down for doing that. But in New York, he's not. And, and so that, that also really makes it tough for gamblers, because if you're just playing Saratoga, you don't play Belmont, you don't play Aqueduct, you don't see it all the time. You don't know that. And, and so that makes the, the, the differing set of rules at different tracks and different jurisdictions can make it tough on people, especially as inquiries, especially if you had Angel of Empire. And you think that that really cost him a run, especially if you had F- Saudi Crown. And you think that if he doesn't get out, Saudi Crown wins the race easy. So uh, like a lot of people can be upset here because of who they bet. And it ends up Forte taking the money. But uh, like all that being said. Really good effort from Forte, too, right? Like, I, I was really impressed with him running down Saudi Crown late, who I thought was gone because of the fractions he set early and the fact that Forte didn't get a clean trip through at the top of the lane.
1: I thought that uh, uh, you said it. Chris Milo says it, too. It all sucks because it was wildly unnecessary. Horse was loaded. If I, wrote, I rad rode him better, it's a non-issue. Um, you know what? I think Eric said this to me <laughs> this morning. Uh, it's impressive that Irad managed to get that horse boxed in in a five horse race and Disarm was never really part of it and it really Hit Show wasn't part of the, the mixer. mix like he the funny thing about it too with him bumping Angel of Empire if he just waits until they get right off the turn Saudi Crown goes three lengths out to the outside and there's a golden rail and then Forte's is going to scoot right up it and probably win by you know multiple lengths here and then today we're talking about well well Forte just had a dream trip he's going to lose in the Traverse and some of us that Still want to bet him in the Travers are going, yeah. Keep thinking that we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna unload on Forte in the Traverse Stakes. Um, listen, there's there's really uh, a, a lot of different opinions. Nobody's I'd say is really truly wrong. Uh, you, there's so much happened in this race. Um, let's look forward now for the Traverse Stakes. Uh, we did find out from Brad Cox. That Saudi Crown is not going to go to the Traverse. This was only his fourth career start. It was his first time at two turns. He took a lot out of him for the race. They're going to target the Pennsylvania Derby to Mellon and Eighth. Uh, he's probably gonna run into at least one Bob Baffert horse there. So good luck to you. <laughs> good luck to you in that race. But uh, Forte gonna to go to the Travers, Angel of Empire probably going to the Travers, and probably Disarm as well. You asked me last week on Dudes who bet daily over under one and a half horses out of the Jim Dane to the Travers. I said over. I still think that's the case. What about you? Yeah, I would
0: agree. Look, I I think Saudi Crown. This was this was a late entry, according to like every. We didn't hear Saudi's crown name coming into the Jim Dandy until really like a week before the race, when it started to pop up that hey, maybe Saudi Crown's going to fit there, and it was a tactical move by brad cox he knew he was going to have a lone speed horse right i don't think you're going to get that same thing in the Travers. i think this was his shot to make that move yeah. and so I, I understand why saudi crown isn't taking a step forward even though i thought he ran his eyeballs out here ran really well uh 14 angel of empire both make sense moving forward we'll see what happens with disarm a hit show definitely not um so well i i i would expect we're going to get two maybe three i would like to see three maybe four um i, I think the hit show probably Isn't as bad as he looked in this race, Um, but the the kind of the setup and how it played out made it look much worse for him. So I I would like to see, I mean, obviously I want bigger fields, especially in these type of races. (laughs) I would like to see four. I think we'll probably get, I'd say you're definitely getting two. You might get three and four would be a, a little bit of a pipe dream.
1: As Shadi says, uh, the probables for the Travers are looking incredible. You're going to have all three Triple Crown leg winners facing each other with Archangelo. We know that's where he's been pointing. Mage off the Haskell. Looks like that's their plan for the Travers. National Treasure, the Preakness winner, that's going to go to the Travers. You're going to have all three of them. And then the horse that was supposed to be the favorite in the Derby and likely could, could have been going for a, a Triple Crown in the Belmont. Forte, he's going to end up probably being your favorite in the Traverse Stakes. Uh, The Traverse is shaping up to be an absolutely amazing race. And that'll be, I believe, August 26th uh, at Saratoga. So we'll have plenty more to cover the Traverse on that one uh, or leading up to the Traverse. Uh, It's just a fantastic race. It's shaping up to be definitely going to looking like it'll be more than five. But even if it's Forte, the three triple crown winners and Angel of Empire, still a hell of a five horse race. You really couldn't ask for much more out of that. Well, we've been talking about the Travers and the lead up to it and how phenomenal the race
0: could be. And it, it, it looks like you're actually going to get some really good horses. It'll be interesting to see if the field does fill out, if you're going to get, you know, six, seven horses or it, like if you're going to get anyone that wants to take on that group. Because, again, it's like you really want to step up to the plate and take on Forte, Mage, Archangelo, National Treasure, and Angel of Empire. Like,
1: I, you got to think your horse is pretty darn good if you think you can hit the board against that group. And Chris Mallow bringing up a great important point. Fish will be in there Friday night, August 25th, at the SPAC, Saratoga Performing Arts Center. You can see Fish Friday night and go see a one hell of a horse. I had several amazing horse races headlined by the Traverse Stakes the next day. Uh, let's move on to Del Mar. They had their own set of races that we actually covered on the Pick 5, and congrats to you. You went four of five, I believe, three of five. I don't know. I can't remember if you had Watsonville in the last, but you at least did, looked yeah. pretty good. Um, this one race, this is the one race that knocked you out. And I thought you had it, uh, until about the 16th poll, uh, the San Diego handicap grade, uh, grade two race, number eight on the card, second leg of the late pick five. I have a single defunded cause I thought, you know, he was going to be the, cl- he was the classiest horse. I thought he was the best horse in the race. We'll talk about what happened in that one in a bit. Slow down, Andy. What a great performance. I really thought he was going to get it. And out of nowhere, here came Senior Buscador, like the train going from Del Mar to Van Nuys on speed... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this was crazy uh you were there live what what were your thoughts on this race uh, just tears
0: man just tears <laughs> i mean this is this cost me the pick five went four out of five and i had uh, the one and the six here in the pick five i had uh in the tournament i had eight thousand or nine thousand dollars will pay to defund it and i had uh eight thousand two hundred dollar will pay to slow down andy because i used the two that we liked a ton in the first race Oof. uh to start out the double with the two of them and I, look, I spent 30 minutes counting my money. I thought there was no way Slowed on Andy or Defunded don't win this race. Uh, and it's like to the point where, when when like the seven started running him down, I turned to Tyler I'm like, who the hell is the seven? Like, because uh, he just looked like a freight train going by. And yeah, Senor so, Buscador, I loved you. I loved you. And then I got off you. And then you do this? Like, come on, buddy. Really <laughs> now? Now is when we're going to do this? Uh, slowed on Andy ran his eyeballs out. I thought it was a really good race. I, I thought he ran well. Uh, we always felt that Senor Buscador could do this. Uh, I would surprise this is where he did it. But, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> Good on you, Senor Buscador. I wish you hadn't. I wish you could have run second. But, uh, like, it was a good effort. And defunded, there was a ton of issues early in that race for him. So I'm, you kind of draw a line through this one from the defunded factor of it. Uh, slowdown Andy, I think, has a shot of taking a step forward from here. Because he, he was a little bit worked up first time down the lane. Uh, and so you kind of wonder if he can calm down a little bit. Would he have got a little more energy there uh, turning for home? And, you know, obviously the Met Mile is way too aggressive of a spot there from O'Neill to put slowdown Andy in. I thought this was a much better spot for him. I would I, – I, look, Brickyard Ride, I'm surprised he wasn't in the sprint. He hit a wall pretty hard when he got to the, uh, the, the 16th pole there, and you knew he wasn't going to be able to win. You knew it was just the top two. And uh, I don't know what to do with Senior Buscador out of this. Honestly, he's the one that's confusing to me. I, I don't want him at sub-10 to 1 against this group of forces again, right? So, like, you got to kind of wonder what price you're going to get back on Senor Buscador now. Uh, and can you take a step forward off this? That's the other big question. I don't know if the answer is yes or no there, too. So you got to be really price conscious with Senor Buscador moving forward. I think Sloan and Andy probably takes a step forward out of this and gets better. Um, and then Defunded, I think you just draw a line through it. Everyone else in
1: here, uh, not really a ton of interest moving forward. So it's interesting. This is the local prep for the Pacific Classic, which will be next month. And that's a, a grade one race going a mile and a quarter and a win. And you're in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. I think the top two horses out of this should be targeting the dirt mile. Uh, the senior Buscador went there last year, Slowdown Andy went there. He was actually third, Slowdown Andy in it last year, a good third behind Cody's Wish and Cyberknife. I think Buscador was eighth in that spot. And Buscador was also eighth in this race last year, so he, he's clearly gotten be- a little bit better uh, since then. Um, fantastic to see. Joey Peacock, the owner, breeder, uh, good friend of the racing dudes. Uh, the Dam Roses Desert was, a, I believe, 10 for 15 New Mexico bred, and she's turned out. Uh, she turned out Sheriff Brown. She turned out uh, Runaway Ghost. She's had some really great foals. So it's something, especially Aaron and I, every time there's a new Roses Desert foal that's racing, we text each other like, oh my God, he's got a new one in there. So uh, we kind of nerd out about that. Great to see him do it. And for, the, for Joey Peacock, for Todd Fincher, great people. Uh, good to see them. Here, uh, slow down, Andy. Like I said, I think they should both go to the Dirt Mile. So it'll be interesting where they go for their next start. Slow down, Andy. I th- probably the Pacific Classic is what Doug O'Neill does. Takes a shot with him. I think if I'm Fincher and Peacock, Buscador goes to the Pat, the sorry Pat O'Brien stakes. That's a seven furlong one-turn race, but it's at Del Mar and it is a winning year in for the Dirt Mile. If I'm those guys, that's where I target with him. Brickyard Ride is a Calbred who got everything his own way. He's a sprinter, and he ran out of gas, and you saw that. Defunded, definitely Pacific Classic. He's thrown up some real clunkers at Del Mar in the past. He's had some good wins. He won the Native Divers Stakes, but that was you know November post Breeders' Cup, so not facing the best of the best anyway. Um, but you would just expect that as long as he came out of this okay, he'll go to the Pacific Classic. Also, like the Alfred G. Vanderbilt, this is a handicap. He was carrying high weight, 125 pounds, mile in the 16th probably isn't his best distance he's probably a mile and an eighth to a mile and a quarter horse from what we've seen from him so head there do you think maybe the weight played a factor in defunded, or is this kind of like maybe only Baffert really knows what went wrong here I mean he got out of the gate horribly I think that was a a big part of it um he didn't want
0: to be fifth in this race he wanted to be sitting second or third and and so that immediately put him behind the eight ball a little bit so I, I think I'm this is a draw line through it for defunded with me i'm not going to knock him for this start because of kind of how the race played out one thing i will say like when you go down and you look at those splits uh which you just covered up with the comment but if you look at the split <laughs> I, they went 23 27 24 25.59 6.59 to come home that's slow that's not great yeah. for a for grade two that's what allowed senor buscador to really run down slow down andy and so you, you saw a lot of the the top or the forwardly really placed horses I'm not gonna say back up, but definitely make not make it difficult on a closer like uh, Senor Busco or to be able to fly by.
1: Well, like I said, we're uh, we're big fans of the uh, the Peacock family and Tot- trainer Todd Fincher. Um, so good to see them do well. One more race to talk about from Del Mar on Saturday, race ten, the Grade One Bing Crosby Stakes. A win and you're in for the sprint. And uh, hats off to you and to Aaron Halteman. You guys had faith in the cow bread and your boy Hector Barrios on the Chosen Vron uh i listen huge dr Scheibel fan i really wanted to see him get by uh he had a wide trip i don't think even if he got didn't have that super wide trip he was getting by the chosen vron because that horse for being a gelding that horse had some serious balls what was that like to watch live
0: uh, it was cool to see him win. Um, it just Look, Hector Barrios had a weekend, too, so that, that didn't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was cool to see him win just because he, he's been a state bred banger. He jumped into open company once, got toasted in that opening company race. So nice to see him come in here and be uh, the newest millionaire in racing as well. Goes over the million-dollar earnings mark with this victory, too, which is kind of cool for a Calbred who really been just winning Calbred steaks. Uh, this was an interesting... That was me? Was that me? Yeah, I think it was me, too. Can you hear me? Okay, I can't hear you right now. Um, so they, it was cool race, too, to watch, and you watch the replay back. I, there's a lot of trips out of this one that I think you have to take a peek at here because Chosen Braun, uh, I think it was the three-horse. I believe it was Toto Fino who came out a little bit. Chosen Braun then... Kind of ducks into the two-horse spear mechanic completely ends his race well he forces american theorem a mile wide too and so american theorem ends up getting a pretty brutal trip so this is one of those where i think some of the other talented horses didn't get the best trip and so it helped chosen Braun out in that spot i thought Anarchist ran a pretty good job good race It so will run second dr shy was crazy to me the price i couldn't believe he was a dollar eighty to one i thought he should be yeah. significantly higher than that in this spot um but this is this is one where i'm going to go back and watch the replay quite a bit i don't think i i look i like spirit mckenna coming into this race missed the break had a ton of trouble in the back stretch this is a complete line through it for spirit mckenna watch him at a price next time because if, if you're able to get somewhere in the eight to ten to one range that's going to be a steal especially if it's this type of group of horses again uh, but the chosen fron went awesome i love the way he was able to split i love the way he was able to go he's going to be on to the sprint he's going to be, be at santa anita he loves santa anita so that's a positive for chosen bro it
1: was mike again see mike thought it was me it's not me You guys let me know in the chat. I think we lost Mike again, right? <laughs> Is that what happened? There's a 10-second delay on YouTube. I hate this delay. Mike again. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, while Mike tries to figure out his internet situation, I'll let you know. Uh, for me, that and uh, <clears throat> I agree about American Theorem. Totofino had a, a weird thing where he got a little uh, steadied and bumped. Uh, that took out several horses. It made American Theorem go wide. Spirit of McKenna got the worst of that. And I would actually, if, if you were looking for a horse to play back out of this spirit of mckenna is the one for sure uh, rob said it was a huge disappointment rob watched the trip man that was a, a horrible like effect and, and bravo i thought actually got knocked out of the irons for um how badly he had to check on that one so um and that's what i would t- you know take away from there uh but definitely would want to play spirit of mckenna back scratch this one off completely american theorem you know, he would have had a better effort. I don't, I, I wasn't interested in him in this race anyway, but I think he should at least take a step forward. Um, Kid Corleone outran his odds too. He was 32 to one, actually the second longest shot on the board. Um, and he had absolutely had a shot. He wasn't good enough. Hey, you're back. All right. <laughs> yeah, we switched. I have two internet streams in my house. We switched the other provider. We'll see if this works. All right. Uh, I was just talking about Kid Corleone. He outran his odds. Uh, you know, he had a, a decent shot there, but just couldn't, um, sustain it but a uh, spirit of mckenna i agree with you scratch that one off It looked to me watching it live that bravo came out of the irons. like he had to check so hard on that one yeah. um you talked about hector Barros having himself a weekend he's now the leading rider at san anita or <laughs> sania yeah, at del mar uh with 11 wins he's tied with juan hernandez with the most wins uh interestingly enough umberto rispoli uh has been in the top three 66 of the start of the times that he's been in the saddle so he is riding very well uh, but Berrios with a great ride, Anarchist with a great ride, Shivel. I agree, nine to five. Uh, no, not in this field. You don't play Doctor Shivel at nine to five in a twelve horse field. <laughs> I guess one of the one of the things I noticed, Riespoli has a little Rosario in him.
0: He he likes taking horses back and then making one <laughs> big run on the turf. I'm just I'm I, I'm not saying it's a bad eye thing. I like I didn't have any rides. I was like really upset with him about. There were a couple horses. I was like, "Oh, we're just going to be in last. That's okay. We're just we're fine with this on the turf." Uh, I, you know, so recently might have a little little Rosario take back in them.
1: As far as the sprint goes, Elite Power very clearly the leader. Um, I'd say Gunite is now showing that he's very clearly a second in that spot. Uh, Where would you put the Chosen One, Anarchist, Doctor Shivel? Are they in that second mix? Do you think some of them are a little better or worse? Where do you place them?
0: I mean, look. the thing with this race is I wasn't a huge fan of anarchists coming into it because I thought his previous race was kind of propped up by the fact that no one else was in it outside of like uh, whoever it was. It was Elite Power that won that race. But he ran behind Elite Power and then nothing mm-hmm. else was behind them. Yeah. I This makes me wonder about the Cal Sprinters, right? Like if it's not Spirit of McKenna, who I still think is like out of this race, I want Spirit of McKenna over everybody else. Yep. Um, which is odd because the horse finished last. But to me, that was, I, I'm going out of this. If I'm talking Breeders' Cup sprint, Spirit McKenna is the horse that I want. I don't see anyone else in here that's really making a bunch of waves, right? Like maybe the Chosen Vron can get up to third. Maybe Dr. Scheibel is a, a show, maybe super Factor roundout type horse. I think the only horse that could win the sprint in this field was Spirit McKenna.
1: I agree with you on that. Let's move before your uh, internet quits on you. So let's talk about Sunday a little bit. Uh, and not only that, you had, were in part of the, the reason you were at Del Mar. You were part of the two-day tournament. Uh, had all sorts of big major prizes uh, awarded to the top, I think the top 12. Uh, definitely the winner I saw, which was Christian Helmers. He led after day one, and he had he kept up a big lead on day two to secure the victory. But you hit the 11th place, and a big reason that you got 11th in the whole tournament for the weekend. It ended in this race. You covered it for racingnews.com and youtube.com slash racingnews. The grade two Eddie Reed stakes race nine on Sunday's card. You loved Gold Phoenix, you love Hector Barrios, and you've gotta love the effort and the performance here.
0: Yeah, yeah. this was, uh, so I, I was, I was, did not do well day one. I had both entries were at $2,400. Uh, went all in on the second race with the eight horse. It was a horse I really liked. One at five to two that got me up to like seven grand or so. I'm uh, on one of the entries and didn't have any other scores going into it. Uh, the, the previous race was a maiden race. I liked the nine and the seven. I played doubles of the two of them into gold Phoenix here. And this turned out to be one of the cooler experiences I've had in horse racing. So, uh, Tyler Hoffman, who awesome dude hung out with him and his dad yep. in their box. The, uh, for the, for the weekend, he knows one of the assistant trainers for the Amato barn. Uh, and this is one of Billy's horses with little red feather as well. And so, uh, live to live to a, about $10,000 to Gold Phoenix and just Gold Phoenix in this race. And we walk down, hang out outside the paddock. Uh, he meets up with the assistant trainer. So we're walking toward the track, down where the horses walk, out toward the track. So we watch the race from that one spot there on the racetrack. And I'm like, Gold Phoenix, when you watch this back, just trips out. i mean, just phenomenal trip for Gold Phoenix. sits on the inside on the first turn, makes a move around the second turn, able to to, to get the lead and really never in doubt once they got to the, the eighth pole or so. And I'm just jumping up and down, screaming. We're high five and having a great time. And she's like, "Come on, come on, come on!" Walks us right down to the winner's circle. So we're both in the winner's circle photo for Gold Phoenix. I'm like, I just win 10 grand. We're high-fiving. Now we're shot in the tournament. Just a, a phenomenal racetrack experience. One of those things you don't get very often. Uh, and what a, what a great effort from Gold Phoenix. We talked about this horse after winning. I think it was a Kilroy Miley one, won four-back um, or yep. three-back now. Uh, mm-hmm. And Billy Little Little Redfeather always said he wanted longer. and They were surprised he ran that big off that layoff. Well, now he got a little bit longer and just again tripped out and set it set up wonderfully for him you see the fractions here came home in 23.66 11.89 so running sub twelves coming home i thought Balnikov the in a great race trying to run him down but just gold phoenix was too good in this spot and four and a half to one great price hopefully people cashed on it off the video and on the youtube page and uh it was a lot of fun to close out a ten thousand dollar double watching the race from right there being in the winner's circle and really not having to sweat it that was the other nice part he did not make gold Phoenix didn't make me sweat this very much
1: the, uh, I'm going to see if I can actually find it. Uh, I didn't think about it until just now, but I, I should have a picture of the uh, the winner's circle. Let me see if I can find it in the email. Uh, speaking of which, while I, I look for that, uh, you talked about how night nice, how great the Hoffmans are, and they truly are some of the nicest people to meet in horse racing. Uh, last year, uh, on Father's Day or Father's Day weekend, uh, I was at Sandy to Park, with, and it was the first time I took Colson to the racetrack, and Doc brought his daughter there, and we got to uh, do the same thing here. If you remember this, there's uh tyler's right there holding uh doc's daughter which you know they actually trust uh, him to hold your kid but yeah the same thing this is the assistant trainer and I for life me cannot remember her name and i wish doc was in the chat because he knows uh, but she is the wonderful human who did the same thing we got to watch this race uh, i did not have ten thousand dollars on the line it was just a fun <laughs> race to watch from the winner's circle and then go be part of the photo there but uh yeah absolutely fantastic now talk going back to this race this might have been the first time in Del Mar history that a big graded stakes race, the trainer goes one, two, three, four. Phil D'Amato had four horses. They all make the superfecta and kind of true to the Chad Brown angle that I see uh, Dennis calling him Chad D'Amato uh, or Phil Brown. The favorite was fourth in here. And count again, you were right on the, the feed to say, or on the preview to say, I can't play this horse of the favorite off of that long of a layoff. As Cash LA Surf says, yeah, yeah even money off a 15th month layoff in this spot, no thank you. So good yeah. call
0: and the thing is, is like the last three races from count again probably would have won this race, but those were 18 months ago. It, it's it is a demanding spot to ask him to come back and be able to get the job done. Probably better at a mile as well versus versus the distance. we I think it was a mile and an eighth mile to a 16th one of the two. Um, so when you look at this it's just it's really hard to get excited by him and and three to one i i would have been like okay that's a a, a reasonable price you knew you weren't getting three to one though and that's what we saw here We he gets bet down to nine to five in this spot and that's just too short of a price for a horse coming off that long of a layoff especially like it kind of tips the cap when damato puts four in here if he thought count again was just going to roll you're not putting four in here right maybe you put two but like Four just kind of shows you, okay, I think all these horses are doing pretty well. All of them have a shot in this spot. And Gold Phoenix is one of those horses. Look, Barrios, great jockey. I think I would still say, he. I, for my money, he's the best jockey right now at Del Mar, specifically on that turf course. And we, we've talked about him when he was in Florida, loved him there. Look, this to me is one of those spots where he he just set a perfect trip. He was able to guide the horse exactly where he needed to be and get the jump on everybody. I mean, you got to give a hat tip to D'Amato, though. I mean, just a phenomenal job of training. And it's not like there was no one else in here. Like Dicey Mochara, McKinnon, Cabo Spirit, all pretty good horses. So it's not like you're just, you know, this is a field of nothings that he, they ran behind. So great job by good John. Done Great job by Gold Phoenix not making me sweat. I appreciate him making it look <laughs> easy here.
1: I found it. Here's the winner's circle photo for the Eddie Reed stakes, and I started laughing because I immediately saw you. Let's zoom in a little bit here. What's going on with the uh, What's going on with the head bob there? You got Were you a little You're over You know what it is It's ten thousand dollars weighing you down on one side, wasn't it? (laughs) Rocking the head tilt pretty quick. There were so many photos being taken, as you can see. Everyone doesn't know when it's going
0: to happen because, like, yeah, I'm head tilting. We got two people with their back to it. Three actually there. You got someone covering their eyes from the sun. Like they they just start snapping photos. You have no clue which one is happening. I think I'm probably talking to Tyler right there because my mouth is open too, so I'm probably <laughs> leaning over and saying something. Uh, so these winter circle photos are, are not all that well choreographed, especially with like, when you have a group as big as it was, if you zoom out, there's a massive amount of people uh, that were in this photo as well. So it's uh, not something where you like, you say, hey, right here, everybody, one, two, three, say cheese, right? It's just snap, 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 and then they're gonna take one of them.
1: Yeah, the uh, kind of like with Mike Rapoli, uh, with Forte and the Jim Dandy, everybody that that Billy coach or Koch knows that the guy that runs a uh, little red feather was right here uh, everybody he knows that's at Del Mar that day he just starts grabbing you and throws you into the winner's circle so uh, another great guy uh, great to see. And just one more time, I want to pull this up or one more time. I haven't pulled this up yet. Look at that. Mike Samich, number 11. Uh, this came from the official email from Delmar. So uh, $11,200, a big reason is because of Gold Phoenix there. So congratulations. Did you get actually any, was there any prizes or just a cash prize payout for it?
0: One, uh, like a, I got, so top 12 paid cash. So I think I got like 4,000 in cash too. Um, but it, it was, it's one of those things. Again, I had, I, on the entry coming in the second day. Just wanted to give myself a shot. And I wish I had liked the last race more. Uh, The Hoffmans absolutely were dead on on the four horse. And I didn't have the four horse at all going into the day. And it was hard for me to pivot from, like, not liking a horse at all to betting – $12,000 Twelve thousand dollars on that horse, which is what I would have needed to do to like really shoot up the leaderboard. So I took it a easy late. Um, I, there, are, uh, the three hour drive home today were definitely permutations in my head of how we this could have gone differently. Because like I liked the six who ran, who was twenty to one, who ran behind the four in the last race. So if I had played that exacta, uh, I could have won the whole thing. Uh, so there <laughs> were definitely. Second guessing, well, that's part of tournaments. You can kind of second guess yourself, but it was it was a blast, man. I love the ones where you only can be live because the tournament room is absolutely buzzing. I love it when you get there and you're able to just kind of come hang out. Like it, it's just so much fun to see everybody. It's so much fun to be at the track. And I gotta give a shout out to Michael olsen as well, who hooked me up with a uh,
1: a Wolfie's dynaghost Ghost uh, saddle thing. Hold on one second, I'll be right back. You saddle cloth, sure we'll pull mike down cuz uh mike's camera will follow him when he leaves it's kind of creepy to watch uh chris Ma- Curtis Manlow with the hilarious comments Samich will probably end up 7th or 8th officially a year from now after some dqs that that was good that made me laugh pretty good oh it's a halter
0: the wolfie's dynago saddle halter from kentucky so that 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 arrived as well so shout out to uh, <laughs> michael olson there for the little wolfie's dynago uh wolfie's dynago oh, that's pretty so i got to figure out how to get that on the wall and hang it up. Uh, obviously, one of the horses that I've absolutely loved. We talked about him quite a bit on the Maggie Mike show. And uh, probably one of the main reasons I finished seventh in HC a few years back. So I'll always remember Wolfie's, who's a fault to Sadler's Joy, but actually likes winning.
1: <laughs> and likes running uh, ahead of horses until, you know, before the, the last, like, three jumps of a race there. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us to go through Saratoga and Del Mar. Thanks for all of your comments on the Forte-Jim Dandy situation. If you're catching this on replay, throw it down in the comments section. We are not done. We won't be done with this for a long shot. And I'm sure uh, on Blinkers Off Thursday that Aaron and Jared are going to have their own takes on it as well. So make sure you tune in for that one over at RacingDudes.com. We're not done. It's it's still heating up. We've got uh, Sar- already the previews for Saratoga on Wednesday and Thursday uh, and Friday. Hall of Fame stakes. Aaron just did the preview for that. Nazarock, a good uh, friend of the Magic Mike show as well. Uh, horses still never <laughs> <laughs> winner. <laughs> rocks never finished off the board in 11 starts. I'm laughing because Curtis Manlow saw the halter and he said, that's horse equipment. My wife has one of those. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, by the way, Dr. Tane did say, uh, Julie is the wonderful woman who is the assistant trainer for Phil D'Amato who's been helping us all out. So that is uh, Julie. Thank you very much, Doc. He remembered it. So that's uh, that's great. Uh, but go to racenews.com. Previews for every race, every track. Uh, or, sorry, picks for every race, every track across the country. Curtis manlow has got me all thrown off here now. Uh, previews for all of the major stakes race. Races. And uh, we've got one, a hell of a weekend coming up. We've got, of course, the Whitney Stakes. With that comes the Test Stakes, the Saratoga Derby, the Saratoga Oaks, the uh, Glens Falls Stakes on Thursday with Warlight Goddess going for her third straight win in that race. Um, you've got the Clement L. Hirsch Stakes at Del Mar. That's the Breeders' Cup winner for the Distaff. Uh, so many big races, so many big-name horses. Plenty of days to talk about it. So please join us next time. We'll be back on Thursday with a preview. Uh, we'll figure out Sierra Togo Del Mar, whichever one has the better looking card. Uh, I think we were correct to go with Del Mar, even though we didn't hit it, because we both said if Elite Power and Forte both win, what's the point in playing this sequence well, right now? Also, just as, it was wildly frustrating, too,
0: because the rains came before the pick six so they take everything off the turf before the pick six and just trying to scramble and play like rework the pick five when you have all these horses off the turf by the way pick five paid phenomenal uh the late pick five even with those two but i don't think either of us get into the one horse um it was like 23 to one is i think it's jackie davis's third winner k davis's third winner now at saratoga Uh, yeah katie yeah it it would it, it was definitely the right move and one thing i gotta say after being at both tracks the weather at Del Mar really gives it an advantage. Like <laughs> when they get full fields, it's hard to argue that Saratoga is better than Del because you're never off the turf. You got like five scratches every day. It's not that much from a scratch perspective. And the fields are phenomenal when they're full. So if you get full fields, I think Del Mar
1: has a case against Saratoga, especially if you're better. I was uh, uh, Saturday, I think like early afternoon, I kept refreshing, thinking my, like, I cleared the cookies, cleared the cash. I was like, something's wrong with my computer. There are no scratches at Del Oh, wait, it's Del Mar. It's not Saratoga. That's what it is. That's pretty awesome. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday morning as well for Dudes Who Bet Daily every Thursday through Sunday. So come get our best bets. We are still have a positive ROI. I don't know what it is, but we do have a positive ROI for the year right now with horse racing, Major League Baseball picks given out and discussed daily uh yes as cat i think mike said that he said the scenery was great at del mar that may have been what he was talking about because he got to see his lovely wife at del mar that's what he was sure. referencing there uh <laughs> so great uh thanks so much for joining us follow us on twitter i'm at curtis Kellard. he is at summerbomb 18 number one number eight corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes any last words before we get out of here buddy uh I love this month. It's a blast. It's so much fun to have Saratoga
0: and Saratoga and Del Mar both go. And it's nice that I, I've struggled with Saratoga, but Del Mar has been phenomenal over 10k in cash is now in two weekends on the bombs at Del Mar. So we just got to keep that rolling, baby. To the point where even on Sunday, I'm like, screw this. I'm not putting Saratoga up because I have no idea what this track is going to play like. And then we went ahead and nailed the early pick five at Del Mar. So that was kind of nice
1: yeah you had a couple of nice ones we got some nice emails from people saying that they were so excited that they bought the rockets or sorry the samo bombs because you were doing well the rockets didn't do well but the samo bombs did this weekend uh so check that out at racingnews.com until next time i'm magic and i'm mike good luck this week everybody the magic mike show where you hear the
0: experts speak the magic mike show tune in into the show every week, The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.